Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam. Dog episode. And shaking bad. And shaking so Otherwise known as Stampede. Let me bring in, let me bring in a guy. Let me bring in my partner. My partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in time. Brian Calneva. Caliente. Calpino. Brian Calvi, how are you, Brian? I am. I'm good, Steve. How are you? Calpino. It feels like weeks since I've done the show, Cal. It, it has been weeks. Um, what, did you just blow into town? Like <laughs> <laughs> Tornado humor. I was just... Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Well done. Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> and let's also welcome in the third wheel, but never the obtrusive third wheel, Dr. E. Ray Stat. Dr. E. Ray, welcome to episode four of WPT. Wow. Ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. Hi, Evan. Boy. Boy, am I glad you're here. I could just relax and sit back tonight. You can have an, a nice, enjoyable show. We have got a ton to get to. We will be talking to Dr. Ire down the line, of course. We are taking your calls at 424-220-1817, the number to call, ready to unload with Cal and Stampede, episode four. Cal, um, since it's been eight weeks since I've done a show, 
How does yeah. this how does this work again? What do we do? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Doctor E Ray sent us a list of things that we're supposed to talk about. Right. So I think we just go down the list and we talk about them, and then we talk about them for too long, and then he tells us to to move on. Right. Right. But, um, right. Something like that. But before we get into that, yeah, I, I think we Don't we need we need an update because when we when we last spoke on Thursday night, you were remote from your neighborhood. After after New York experienced a rare tornado, and how is everything with you, Steve? Is everything okay? Everything's good, Cal. When I tell you seriously, the damage on my street uh, and in, here in Bayside in Queens, New York, was huge. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, you know, there's a 40 foot tree down in my driveway, and and uh, it took us a couple of days to get power power back and whatnot. But uh, we're back online. Uh, you know, Bayside as a community has rallied. Uh, Good. Yeah, no, we're feeling strong about ourselves, and uh, we have really put it together, and uh, just thankful that my car and my house were intact. Yeah, the other people weren't so lucky in your neighborhood, huh? No, not, even on my street, Cal, like four cars crushed, so... Yeah, we saw the pictures. It's unbelievable. That's right. I sent out the photos, and uh, and it was it was pretty wacky. I mean, there's not supposed to be tornadoes in Queens, New York. I just... No? I want to talk to somebody about that. Preferably, <laughs> preferably meteorological. That's not an easy word to say. I sound like I'm drunk when I'm saying that. Yeah, you have to swear that. Neurological. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cal, let's just get uh, right into it, pal, because, uh, you know, we were all set to do the opening unload, the big unload, on the New York Yankees and their big night last night at yes. uh, the stadium. Can we start calling it the stadium, like the yeah. state? I think so. I think, I think it's acceptable. That's the stadium. No other, no other stadium... Every other stadium has a corporate name. That's the only one that doesn't. That's correct. The Yankee Stadium. The Perfect. stadium. Uh, last night, it was a big night, of course. Uh, they honored uh, George Steinbrenner with a monument out in Monument uh, Valley. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, but a, uh, and, but, so we were going to talk about that, Cal. And then, boy, the Jets just don't let us rest. They just well, do no. not give us a rest. Well, we woke up this morning to some, uh, to some troubling news with one of their own. Yes, why don't you tell the, the folks out there, I'm sure they've heard about it uh, today, but uh, tell the folks, the good uh, folks here at RTU, the RTUers out there, what our good friend Braylon Edwards decided to do. Ah, Braylon Edwards. Braylon, the, the strong character guy that is Braylon Edwards was pulled over this morning at around, uh, correct me, 5.15 this morning, I, is that right? Yes, yes, 5.15-ish. 5.15 this morning, because the story broke around a quarter after 8, 8.15, so he, it was only three hours prior he had been out last night at Jericho Cotri, had a, a, a big event for his foundation, and most of the team was out at this event, and I guess they partied a little bit farther into the night slash morning than you would like, and he was pulled over this morning in his SUV. The cop pulled him over because his windows were overly tinted. Sure. So that's why he was pulled over. I have this problem all the time. Myself. Yeah, yeah, I know. You got to... <laughs> I, <laughs> keep them rolled down. Keep My Honda rolled. Element is banging, Cal. Cops trailing you all oh, over yeah. Bayside. Oh yeah. But um, so the so the cops pull him over and uh, they smell some alcohol on his breath. Ask him to take a breathalyzer. And unconfirmed report is that he said, "Well, why don't I just call a cab and take the cab home at this point?" Right. Cops said, "Cops said no. I I think we're going to need you to to blow into this tube." And uh, <laughs> zero point uh, one six. Our blood alcohol limit later, Braylon Edwards is arrested yes. in, in Manhattan. That is twice the legal limit, folks, in case you're wondering at home. 
So those are the, those are the numbers on Braylon Edwards for the DUI arrest. Twice the legal limit. Uh, now, Cal, a couple things, couple things right off the bat, and, and we're also going to talk about Brandon Jacobs in this mix. We're going to throw the Giants running back Brandon Jacobs into this. Uh, the the men behaving badly here in New York football. Uh, Brandon Jacobs throws his helmet uh, when he gets taken out of the game the other night in Indianapolis. Uh, he tries to throw it into the bench, and I hate when this happens, Cal. It's happened to me so often. Right. Uh, you know, I, my hand gets caught in the uh, face mask, and it goes flying into the stands. It goes like 30 feet up in the air. Right. I hate instead when that of, Instead of, it, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a common problem. You see it a lot. It's, it's a lot of times when a professional athlete goes to throw a helmet or something, right. uh, you know, they can't control it, and it goes into the stands. Right. It goes in the exact opposite direction of where they intended right. it to go. That's correct. Weird. And uh, so uh, Jacobs does that after the game, curses at reporters, uh, then apologizes. There's a rumor that he's asked for a trade. Uh, so really... Two New York athletes uh, for the football giants and the New York Jets covering themselves in glory. And let's, let's just start with Braylon Edwards, Cal, because I have a couple questions for you. Okay, my, my first question is, okay, so we see this happens. Braylon Edwards came here with a reputation. He had the incident last year uh, in Cleveland before the Jets traded for him. You knew he was sort of uh, a, a, not exactly a character guy. Uh, the Jets have brought in Santonio Holmes. Uh, the Jets have brought in Antonio Cromartie. We've made a lot on this program and about the Jets bringing in questionable character guys. Right. So my first question is, was this a matter of time before it fit them in the you-know-what? Well, I, I don't think you ever expect a guy to be arrested for, uh, for DWI, but it was definitely a matter of time before something reared its head with this guy. I mean, he's always had a lot of problems, you know, just, just kind of staying out of trouble. Yeah, they, you know, they, he he almost missed a playoff game last year because he was he was in court right for what happened last year in Cleveland. So, you know, you can't be surprised that something happened. It's sad that it, that it did happen. It's even more sad that it comes on the heels of of really a fantastic performance right. by not only him but the whole team on Sunday against the Patriots. But I, I'm I'm unfortunately I'm not that surprised. Well, it, and, and that's the, seemingly the reaction from his teammates, which is never a good thing. Right. So you, you saw tweets today from Rich Cimini, uh, uh of ESPN New York and stuff saying, essentially, that the team is disappointed, but they're not surprised. Well, you know what, Cal? They should be surprised. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. How are professional athletes, and, and you know where I'm going with this, Cal, Go ahead. How does a professional athlete still get a DUI? I don't know. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know the program I'm talking about? Uh, the program that, that is funded by Woody Johnson. Correct. The Protect, right? what is it? The Protect the... The, the Player Protect Program, player I believe. Protect Program. Now, for yeah. those of you out there who don't know what the Player Protect Program is, it basically is a special hotline number, okay, that any professional athlete can call and get... A SUV, like, tripped-out limousine SUV chauffeur at any time, no questions asked, so they don't drive drunk. Yeah, we're not talking about, like, a livery cab and no, like, you know, an 86 Oldsmobile. <laughs> this is nice. Exactly. It's not, it's not like a, you know, a Lincoln Town Car. We're talking about tripped-out SUV limos. 
okay, that the player can call at any time. No questions asked. They will pick you up wherever you are, take you wherever you want. And Cal, the best part paid, is it's paid yeah, for. It's paid for, yeah. Paid for by the team. So Braylon Edwards making $6.1 million this year does not have to, sell, you know, shell out for a cab. Right. How is it? How, how dumb can you be? How selfish and stupid are these guys? I've just, I've had it. You have your best game, and you were a good citizen for almost eight minutes. Thanks. Right. Those two days, and, and he got a taunting penalty on the only touchdown he scored. Right, he got a taunting penalty. He almost got another one on the two-point conversion. I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you'd think that maybe you'd learn your lesson after, in the, within the same game. It wasn't exactly. even, you know, it wasn't even an hour later in actual time, <laughs> and he's doing the same thing. In real time, right. In real time, and, and, then, did, <laughs> and then did you see Rex, Rex Ryan was about to give him the game ball the other day, and he says, I can't do it because what you did was selfish. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I totally agree. And he followed up a selfish act on the field with a selfish act off of it, and God forbid somebody oh. had been hurt or killed or whatever. Now, and thank God nobody was. You know, thank goodness that he didn't hurt anybody, including himself. Well, now, Steve, there, let me ask you a question, because there were a couple of players that were in the car with him. That, that it's, it's come right. out throughout the day, uh, some names of the players that, that were with him. Right. Um, uh, DeBrickishaw Ferguson was yeah. one of them. Vernon Golston was another. Um, there were four other people, un, unnamed. I don't know if they were players that were in. So now you're looking at seven people. Right. Right? Yeah. Seven, seven people in this car. And of the seven of them, not one of them, one of the other six, was a, had the presence of mind to tell Braylon Edwards that maybe this is not such a good idea. It's 5.15, you've been drinking for eight hours, maybe right. you shouldn't get behind the wheel. I mean, what, how much responsibility do they bear in this? Yeah, I, no, they, I mean, they do to an extent, sure, absolutely. I mean, where are your buddies? They're your teammates. Right. Where are your buddies looking out for you, you know? Golston into Brick. Where are your buddies? Like, hey, this is like bad idea genes. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Let's not do it. But, you know, th these guys never learn. They never learn. No, and unfortunately, you're seeing more and more of it. It's not just Braylon Edwards. It's, it's throughout the league, throughout sports in general, you know? Yeah. You, you, I, I, you know, just to get on my soapbox for two seconds, you, you, you have careful, young, careful. young millionaire players. Be careful climbing up. With people that don't say no to them, looking out for their best interests. And it's just, it's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. Off soapbox. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> I, Cal, though, you, I'm going to make like a little jump here real That's, quick. What you're talking about. And you see them make, you see these professional athletes make bad decisions in varying degrees. Okay, so Braylon Edwards makes an awful decision. And, and for the reasons you're saying, nobody ever says no to them. No. Okay. And Braylon Edwards makes this decision to get behind the wheel when he's twice the legal limit for, you know, uh, and, and is arrested for a DUI. Terrible decision. But you go to a guy like, and I'm just going to bring this up real quick, like LeBron with the decision. You know what I mean? Le Le LeBron with the decision. Like, was that a good idea? No, it was a terrible idea, but nobody has, knows how to say no to him. No, I mean, how many, he's got to have at least 30 people in his inner circle. Right. Right. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to compare LeBron making a terrible decision to go on national television and say he's taking his talents to South Beach. No. 
and and you know uh, uh, what is really a terrible terrible mistake in judgment for Braylon Edwards in driving drunk. I'm not comparing the severity at all. You know, I'm just saying it's 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 symptomatic of these professional athletes who are never told no. Right. Now, Steve, the latest on this story, um, I don't know if you saw, is that uh, the Braylon Edwards is going to suit up on Sunday night for the game. I did not see this. All right. Yeah. Uh, courtesy of, uh, of Dr. E. Ray. Bra- uh, Bra- my next question, Cal. My next question is, do you, do you suspend him for a game if you're the Jets? Well, here's where we're at right now. Braylon Edwards will dress when the New York Jets play at Miami Sunday night, but he will not start after being charged with driving while intoxicated on Tuesday. So he's going to suit up, but he's not going to start. Ooh. So now what do we, where do we go? Oh, they're really teaching him a lesson. Okay, it goes on. And, and again, Dr. E. Ray giving us the, the exact quote. In light hey, of the fact... does the right thing, Dr. E. Ray. Go ahead. He bails us out all the time. In light of the, in light of the facts, as we have them, uh, Rex Ryan, Woody Johnson, and I, Mike Tannenbaum, have decided he will not start, Mike Tannenbaum said. He will dress. He will play at some point when we don't know. This is an area we pour a lot of organizational resources into, and we're very disappointed in what happened. That's a bad analogy, first of all. Bad use of the word poor. Mm. <laughs> it's an area we pour a lot of organizational resources into. You, know, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have anything liquid associated with your statement. There might not have been an editor at this time of night. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, so let's... let's, they're, let's using, they're using the Mets uh, PR people, apparently. Right, they used that money to, to bail him out of jail today. Right. No, this is what we got to, uh, we got to talk about, because... There's a lot of debate. What's the right thing to do? Should they suspend him? Should the league suspend him? All that. But um, what the Jets apparently have decided to do, the punishment in this case is that he will not start the game on Sunday night. But he will play. And they've actually come out and said he will play at some point. Do you think that that's a severe enough punishment for what happened today? No, absolutely not. I think, and, and I say this as a Jet fan who desperately wants to beat Miami on Sunday night, he should be suspended because in, in, in one game, just as the team, say we're not going to take this anymore, okay? Suspended for one game. Cal, look at it this way. Look at what's gone on with this team. It's like every week. You know, every week there's hard knocks. There's the cursing incident. There's Revis holding out. There's, you know, Revis's agents calling uh, – uh, Woody Johnson, a liar. There's uh, then, of course, last week there's the Inez Sainz, uh, uh, Sainz uh, controversy with them, you know, doing all this stuff in, in the in the locker room. I mean, wh- what's it going to be next week? Well, apparently, the message, in my opinion, that they're sending is that it's okay. Whatever you do, that's all right because the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and, 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 and I disagree with it. I think it's terrible. I disagree it's terrible. too. And let me ask you another question, Steve. If Santonio Holmes was activated, if he was, if he was playing right now, and or this was later in the season and the Jets were like 7-1 and one and had a two-game lead in the, in the division, do you think the punishment would have been different? I think he's absolutely suspended for a game. Then that's a problem. I think, I think if Santonio Holmes is active right now... He's suspended? He's absolutely suspended for a game. That's a problem. And I'm, you know what I'm surprised, Cal? And I saw this a lot on, you know, the gangreen.com and stuff like that today. And we're going to uh, take your calls on this. And, uh, and of course, we're going to get to Brandon Jacobs, the other troublemaker in New York, in just a second. 
and the number to call, 424-220-1817. But, Cal, you know what I saw a ton today is why not lie and say we're still investigating the matter, have him play in Miami, mm-hmm. and then suspend him for the Buffalo game. I, I, I think that actually would have been worse. <laughs> right, right, you know what I mean? I'm surprised they didn't do that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I really... It's so well, obvious. If they were playing Buffalo this week, he'd be suspended, Cal. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. He'd be, he'd, be, he'd be suspended right now. So now what you've done, Jets, good job, Jets. You are on national TV Sunday night, and what you've done is you've invited the national broadcast crew to weigh in on this and yes. just basically rip you to shreds on, Monday, on, on Sunday night. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to borrow a little something from Samini here that he wrote today, but it's kind of right. You know, what are they going to do next? Are they going to put a horse in Roger Goodell's office? You know, I mean, are they going to make a huge parade float and ruin the homecoming parade? I mean, it's Animal House. Absolutely yeah. Animal House there. And, it, and it's like Super Bowl or bust doesn't make a difference. We'll do anything we need to do to win. And, and you know what? I'm sorry. He should be suspended for a week. I agree. Send a message. How about when, you know, Sean Ellis uh, got uh, picked up for the marijuana uh, possession, you know, and uh, uh, Captain Toke over there, uh, and, and they suspended him for a week? Did they not? Well, they weren't trying to win a Super Bowl back then. Oh, that's right. Remember? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> changed, the game has changed a little bit. You just got all like Stewie on me. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not trying to win a Super Bowl. Uh, now the Giants should not get off scot free either. Um, and no. uh, we, we, like, you want to take a call about this, Cal? Yeah, I want. We got a caller on the line that wants to talk about this. Let's so. take a call on this. I think it's Rick calling from PA. Rick, how are you? Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. What's going on, bud? Good evening, gentlemen. How are you, Rick? Uh, what's uh, What's the word, man? Uh, well, although uh, the driving drunk incident. I still am very happy with the uh, performance this past Sunday. Yeah, you have to be, of course. Uh, you know, it's a shame that we're talking about this, but I did want to bring up a point. You guys were saying, talking about suspending Braylon Edwards uh, for next week. And I'm going to read this from ESPN.com about 9 o'clock. Uh, they wrote that the Jets had few options in terms of discipline due to the rules of the collective bargaining agreement. Any punishment they would dole out now, other than what the NFL eventually decides, would violate the CBA. That means the Jets could not deactivate him or keep him active and not play him without risking a violation. Really? So uh, uh, that's interesting, Rick. Did they mention anything in there about San Antonio Holmes a couple year, or last year with the Steelers? Because I thought the Steelers were able to suspend him for a game internally. So I'm wondering. Now they gone. Now, they talk about Dante Stallworth, but they do right. not mention Holmes. Yeah, because I thought that I, – I, I, and, and that's awesome information, Rick. And I, I was kind of taking – and I think Brian and I both were uh, kind of taking this stance about – and not that we talked about it beforehand. I think we just feel the same way. But I was taking that stance, Rick, because I had read that, you know, it was – it would be similar to what Santonio Holmes was uh, uh, suspended for a game for uh, violating the substance abuse policy – even though he was a first-time offender, so that he did not face a suspension from the league. The team suspended him for a week. I thought they could do that, so maybe they can't. Yeah, like I said, I don't know that much about it. Right. Um, but as I was reading this article, 
uh, it looked like, I mean, it looks like the Jets could do it. It's just they would be a risk, you know, that the that the players' union would be up in arms about it. Right, right. The, uh, but now, they could obviously do it. And I think the, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Cal. No, I think the issue is that the NFL can't suspend him because he's not part of the uh, substance abuse program, and this would be his first offense. Is that right? Well, that's what Chris Mortensen reported. However, it's now saying that they corrected Mortensen. They say if Edwards is convicted or pleads no contest, he likely will be subject to the league's personal conduct policy and face possible suspension. Okay. Source clarified to uh, Chris Mortensen. So Mortensen was basically saying it falls under the substance abuse, not personal conduct, so he won't be suspended. They're now contradicting him, saying no. If he does plead no, if he pleads no contest, uh, he will face um, essentially he'll he'll face suspension. Yeah, he'd have to because that would be his uh, that would be his second strike for the personal conduct because the altercation he got out with LeBron's boys out in Cleveland last year was his first strike personal conduct wise. So either I mean either way, if you're uh, Rick, let me ask you uh, if you're the Jets. Okay, and there aren't the ramifications with the players' union, and it, and and they're not going to sus, uh, suspend him. Uh, the the league is not because it's a personal or it's a substance abuse violation. His first. If you're the Jets and you have things in your hands, what do you do? I suspend them. You do right. You suspend them for a game, Absolutely. right? At minimum. Right. I, I just I, mean, I feel like I feel like the, the the inmates are running the asylum here, Rick. I really do. I mean, the boss sets up uh, you know this policy that clearly is out there to protect you know the citizens from drunk driving and and yourself from drunk driving, and you know you blatantly disregard it. I mean, you absolutely at least one game, if not two, uh, definitely to send the message throughout the team. Yeah, Rick. No, thanks. And again, thanks for the call, Rick. And, and thank you for providing us with that information because we kind of, Steve and I just kind of came on and, and went on our soapbox and talked about what the Jets definitely needed to do. Sounds like you provided us with some information that their their hands are, are a little bit tied in the situation. A little bit. But on a good note, how good did LDT look? <laughs> he did look, LDT looked awfully good, Rick. He looked awfully good. He looked like he had found the fountain of middle age or something. Because he, he, at least football middle age. Because uh, no, I mean he, he he really had a quickness to him. Now, uh, Rick, uh, while you're talking, uh, <laughs> what did you think of Mr. Sanchez's performance? Because you've been you've been a little critical. Yeah, no, I've been very critical. I, <laughs> I will admit I've been very critical. I was critical of Schottenheimer too. I think he was way too conservative in that first game, and Sanchez Sanchez looked very very nervous. I mean, he looked better. There's no doubt he looked better, obviously. I mean, you know, I'm not going to anoint him to be, you know, one of the Manning brothers yet, but he looked better, you know. I mean, he, <laughs> so we'll see. You know, the jury, the jury's still out, I think, on Sanchez. I mean, I'm not convinced just after one game. I mean, it was a good game, good performance, good play calling. You know, there's, what, how many more games this season? that We'll, we'll see how he does. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely uh... – I definitely think it was it was a, a symptom of the offensive coordinator finally trusting the quarterback. You know, I, I mean, do just, too. Just, you got you got to trust the kid. I walked out of the first game saying you got to trust the kid, and if you're gonna you know have aspirations to get anywhere, you're gonna have to trust the kid. One of the analysts on ESPN, I think it was Dilfer, brought up the stat that 
I think first and second down, they only let him throw single-digit number of times against yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. And it was like 22 times this game. So yeah. that definitely doesn't put him in third and long every time after two runs, you know? Yep. No, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, too, if the leash is uh, – if uh, they Pearl Jam style drop the leash again this coming week against Miami, Rick. But uh, right. we'll, we'll – go ahead. Revis is out, so that's – I mean, I doubt he's going to play. So it will be interesting with Jenkins and Revis out how good Rex really can scheme that defense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, of course, the Jets will be down to, you know, essentially three receivers with one guy who will play at some point. Right, and one of those is Clowney, who was cut already once. <laughs> exactly. All right, Rick, we'll talk to you next week, pal. Good stuff. Hey, if I can leave you guys with one thing, I wouldn't mind hanging up and listening to your opinion since I am down here in freaking sunny Pennsylvania, uh, where it's always <laughs> sunny in Philadelphia. That's right. um, what do you think about the – Kevin Kolb, Michael Vick situation. I'll leave you with that. I'd be interested in both your opinions on who should be starting for the Eagles next week. Take care, guys. Thanks, Rick. Later. Thanks, Rick. All right, so Rick checking in from PA with some great information. And we'll get to Kevin Cobb and Michael Vick a little later on in the show. We actually have that uh, scheduled, Cal. We have that scheduled to go. We, we do, of course we Because do. Michael Vick, speaking of personal conduct policies, uh, <laughs> we were, or the Michael Vick rule, as it's now, it should be called. Uh, but uh, just real quick on the Jets, let's wrap up the Jets, Cal, and then get to the Giants. Um, you know, it was a great performance by Sanchez. Three touchdowns, his best, you know, career performance. Uh, you were at the game. I was at the game. Uh, I, I think he, I felt a much better feel, excuse me, in the stadium uh, on Sunday as opposed to the Monday night opener. I think the Monday night opener, the crowd was tentative. The team was tentative. They didn't know what to expect. And I, I felt like uh, Sunday the crowd was into it. Now, the place still has no character, and it took me 45 minutes to park. Yeah. With a parking pass. Me too. Right. But uh, the crowd really seemed to finally get into it. So I, I, I thought the crowd did a good job, especially in the second half. But uh, this is, to me, this is all Sanchez and Schottenheimer, Cal. Yeah, I think so. And, and just going back to the crowd, the crowd did not get into it in the first quarter when the Jets ran three plays. <laughs> well, it was tough to. It was a little. Uh, it was a little <laughs> disconcerting. Um, but they. But yeah, you're right. They did in the second half. The Jets went into the locker room. I think it was huge that they got those three points before the half. Yes. You know, I saw. I, and I said to the, my buddy that I was with, I said, you know what? If you try to score points here, it's going to be a mistake. And I was wrong because they scored the points. They got on the board, they cut the lead to four, they went into the, into the locker room, and they made the necessary adjustments to come out in the second half. Right. No, I totally agree. Uh, those are, Sanchez called them hidden points. Um, you know, I, I, at that point, said they have to put points on the board after Revis gets torched, grabs his, uh, grabs his uh, hamstring, does not return to the game. Moss makes a silly, silly, silly catch. I guess Revis wasn't, uh, he wasn't faking it then last week. No. He really did have an injured hamstring? Yeah, I guess he did have an injured hamstring. Otherwise, this is some ruse they're putting yeah. out. Well, my bad, then. It's some facade that they're putting <laughs> out there. Uh, but the, the, the Jets do get a huge win against the Patriots. And I think the Patriots were a little shocked. You know what uh, uh, killed me, Cal? was very interesting. When have you ever seen Bill Belichick not use his timeouts at the end of the game? Down 14 right. points with, like, three minutes left. Yeah. And he stopped using his timeouts. I essentially gave up. After they converted that fourth and like an inch, mm-hmm. 
where LDT sort of launched himself over the line, looking very spry. I believe he has Joe McKnight's legs. That's right. <laughs> I don't know where Joe McKnight is, but I think Tomlinson has his legs. Now, Joe McKnight might be on the back of a, uh, back of a milk container at this point because I, 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 he is, he's been active or he's not been active? Uh, I don't think he's been active. Yeah, Dr. E. Ray can check. Dr. E. Ray, quick. Wow. Big guy. On the ball today. Stat. I needed that, and I got it. Stat. Another thing about the Patriots, Steve, real quick, is the amount of stupid penalties that they took. Yeah. Certainly not a Belichick team. They don't usually do that. No, very uncharacteristic. And it was a, it was a very good win for the Jets. It was, a, it was a win that they absolutely needed. Now they go to uh, face Miami, down to Florida on Sunday night, 2-0 Dolphins. Their defense has been uh, fantastic, the Dolphins. They just laid the wood to Brett Favre. Uh, and beat up on the Vikings in Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, this is the first uh, road game for the Jets. And, and you know, obviously, Calic, you know, the, the key, as we said, Schottenheimer's got to trust his quarterback. And we'll see what Antonio Cromarty does. And the thing, uh, Miami play in their home opener, so they're going to be all jazzed down there in, in South Beach. Yeah. Um, one of the things I took out of, out of watching Miami, um, just seeing the highlights on Sunday, was they were able to keep Adrian Peterson in check. You know, they were able to stop the run. They stopped Peterson on a goal line stand in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That would have won the game for Minnesota. Now you have a situation where the Jets are going to be down receivers. They might not have the options to throw. They might have to run the ball. They're going to have to watch out because that Miami run defense has been real good. Yeah, no, they, they, they are definitely going to have to throw the ball again, I think. And, and again, it's Schottenheimer getting creative with the play calling and, uh, and, and making sure he trusts his quarterback. 424-220-1817. The number to call. Let's get back to the Giants real quick. The football Giants. And, Cal, we were talking about Brandon Jacobs earlier. And we are talking about a helmet throwing and the trade asking and the whole thing. Right. All right. And the Giants get uh, destroyed on Sunday Night Football after a really good opening week win at home. Feel good. Beat Carolina. Sort of avenge the whipping that they took last year to close the Meadowlands or close Giants Stadium. And so you felt good about the Giants. You know, I had my Giant fan uh, friends texting me, the bright sunny day, right, make, making fun of the Jets. It was Everything was going well for them. And then the Jets on Sunday beat the Patriots, and the Giants get destroyed on Sunday Night Football. And here's what I, I took out of this. If I was the Giants... Yes, I would. I would deactivate Brandon Jacobs for this coming week. I would. <laughs> I would. I'm Why? Sure. <laughs> he, he didn't get arrested. All he did was throw his helmet into the stands. I don't care. This is ridiculous. What is going on with the Giants, Cal? This is epic. And did you see what Antron Roll said? I I did. Why don't you tell everybody? Because you, you sent that to us late this afternoon. What? Ant what? Right. Antron Roll essentially just came out and said this is unacceptable. Uh huh. There is no leadership on this team. Things are too rigid. Right. He talked about being at the game too early. Uh-huh. Like they had to be at the game three and a half hours before the game. And this is Antrell Roll. This is Antrell Roll in his second game in the organization. Right. He's been here for 12 minutes. Right. He's been with the Giants for a week and a half. Now, on one hand, little, kind of a little bit too much to say for someone who's been here. For such a short amount of time. No, totally agreed. Right? But, yeah, he's, prob but he's probably right. Right? 
I, I mean, I get all this is going on, and supposedly Coach Coughlin, uh, Tom Coughlin, years ago, so became this soft and fuzzy nice guy. Right. You know what I mean? And they went to the Super Bowl and beat the 18 and 0 Patriots, and 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 had a magical run. Since then, you know, he's he's supposedly much nicer and much more lenient. And guys talk out of turn. OCU Manure last year, uh-huh. basically the whole season, complaining about his role. Jacobs has been complaining since he lost the starting role to, to Bradshaw in spring training. Yeah, but Jacobs... Spring, spring, well, it's not spring training, but... <laughs> right, training camp. Training but, camp. But, but Jacobs started complaining last year, Cal. Yeah, he's been a malcontent ever since he's been here, to be there honest There are like six malcontents on this team. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that doesn't even, no doesn't leadership. include Antonio Pierce. <laughs> right. He's gone. Apparently, there's no leadership whatsoever. And I was looking at these quotes from Antrell Roll. Cal, read me that quote. The, I definitely see little things. What? Which one was that? I definitely see little things here and there, and it's not all with the players, Roll said right. in an interview on WFAN Radio. Right. There are a lot of other things that goes on behind clo- That was a sick, by the way. That goes on behind closed doors that a lot of people don't know about. It is not all about the players sometimes. Things have to change. If you want a winning team, a team that has a competitive attitude, and to have that dog mentality... Sometimes you have to let that team be a dog. Everybody can't be controlled. Right now, everything is controlled in this organization. Everything is controlled. Steve, I need you to explain to me what it means to be a dog. Because <laughs> that I'm a little fuzzy on. <laughs> is that a good thing? Well, yeah. <laughs> it seems to change within the sentence. He, he kind of lost me there. <laughs> it seems to, it seems to do change. We do we do... Do we or do we not want to be a dog? <laughs> do we not want to have that dog mentality? Okay, and is being a dog good or bad? Because you can take it both ways. I'm <laughs> no wonder this team is confused. <laughs> Look, uh, Cal, this is a guy who uh, was brought in to be a leader, uh, has played in a Super Bowl before you know, with the Cardinals a couple years ago, uh, has never been a, a quiet guy, has always been a locker room leader, and the Giants need that, apparently, especially with Antonio Pierce gone. Yeah, absolutely. But, dude, Callie's been there nine minutes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it, it, it must be bad. I mean, this, is, got... week, this is week two. Right. And they're one and one. <laughs> That's true. They did win last week. <laughs> what happens if they were 0-2? I can't imagine. And, and you know what? They, they went into Indianapolis last week against an 0-1 Colts team, and there was no way. I don't care how prepared they were for this game or how sharp they were or how dog-like they played. All right? Peyton yeah. Manning was not going to lose this game. No. It, I mean, it was a very difficult, you know, uh, difficult situation for them uh, coming into a Colts team that was obviously very angry. Manning has not, Peyton Manning has not been 0-2 uh, since his rookie season. So they, yeah, you would, but they could put up a fight, Cal. Well, I they guess. They gave up a six, 160 yards on the ground. Well, like, like Antrell Roll says, when you were sitting around the locker room for an hour and a half not doing anything, it's pretty much unheard of. Honestly, I felt we were way too relaxed. Yeah, well, Joseph Adai and Donald Brown were running rampant. And my question to you, Cal, is the Titans and Chris Johnson up next? Oh, boy. I mean, wow. You might not want to be sipping chamomile tea before the game this week, boys. 
You know, maybe maybe ride a bike or something. Yeah, getting rubdowns and listening to like soothing music. What is going on in that locker room? Hop on the uh, hop on the Wii Fit and get and get yourself warm. Do a little bowling, something. Something because I, you know what, Chris Johnson is going to make you look foolish because now you got Chris Johnson who's got a little something to prove after he was held under a hundred yards for the first time in what eighteen games, right? Something whatever ridiculous. it was. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Johnson and you know what, Cal, this goes back. Too, to Perry Fuel, you know, the new defensive coordinator for the Giants. And, you know, it was shades of last year with guys seemingly uninterested in playing defense, let alone, right. you know, and Fuel came out and he tried to, you know, he came out in nickel and dime packages. They even deactivated two of the defensive tackles, mm-hmm. thinking that they needed to shut down the pass, which makes sense if you're playing Peyton Manning. But you've you got to adjust. I mean, you've got to make some sort of adjustment when Joseph Adai is ripping you to shreds. Well, Steve, here's, here's the other thing about that. Um, they got rid of the defensive coordinator who was, who was supposed to be the problem in Bill Sheridan. They right. got rid of some of the players. The, the personnel has changed also. So now you've got some new personnel, you've got a new coordinator, and you have the same result. That points the arrow strictly in the direction of the head coach, I think. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And... You know, they did a great job last week of stopping the run against the Panthers. Now, we found out, you know, we're finding out that the Panthers are not a very good football team. And we'll probably see Jimmy Clausen. The Jimmy Clausen era will begin. Oh, Matt Moore. Uh, oh, Matt Moore. That was quick. That was quick. People Boy, did, <laughs> you're only a sleeper for a couple of seconds there. You we know, knew ye. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the Panthers uh, obviously are, are not a very good football team right now. The Giants did a good job of shutting down a team that ran for 260 yards against them last year. So you thought maybe Perry Fuel had this fixed. It's only one week, Cal. I mean, let's, you know, again, same thing we had to do for the Jets last week. Let's do for the Giants this week. It's only one week. But you started to get that feel again on defense. Well, what they have to do is they can't let this snowball and manifest itself into, into destroying the season. They've got to they nip it in the bud. They've got to write it off as one week against the top offense, one of the top offenses in the league, get right back on the horse on, on Sunday against Tennessee, and, and they have a chance to right the ship very quickly. Yeah, I, I, I guess the Titans are going to be no, no easy prey here for the Giants. I, I do not like this matchup at all. I, I, I don't. I, I, I mean, I can just see Chris Johnson going nuts. Going nuts. Nuts. Well, Did I mention nuts? He might go nuts. Yeah, and if you have Chris Johnson in your fantasy league, might be oh. a good week to start him. But Cal, <laughs> and we'll get to fantasy in a minute. But, Cal, seriously, with the Giants, one last thing on this. Mm-hmm. Deactivate Brandon Jacobs. I'm sorry. Do something. I mean, I know they find him $10,000, but that's not a strong enough message, I think, to that locker room. I, I really – I think it's – it went on with Human Yura last year. It went on with Antonio Pierce. It's going on with Jacobs. Coach Coughlin, take control back of the locker room. That would, that would be the first step towards taking control back of this locker room is to, is to deactivate him on Sunday. Because the message is you, you, forget about starting. You're not going to play. He's not starting anyway, which is why this is all happening in the first place. Right. Because I, he, he can't I, handle okay. it. I know, but I, I don't think it's a strong enough message. I think, I, don't, I think the inmates are running Tom's Asylum. And that's I agree. the last time I can use that analogy or that cliched term. Well, you know what? He, he's been around a long time. Maybe he's disconnected from... from today's athlete a little bit yeah he might he might be but you know what cal he won a super bowl so doesn't matter <laughs> right he beat the patriots three years ago doesn't matter no it's, you know? it, 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 should, it could have been 33 years ago at this point 
I'm telling you, if this kind of stuff is going to go on in the locker room and this team is going to go 8-8, eight and eight, and I think they could be better than that because no one's running away with the NF, uh, NFC East, obviously, as the Cowboys sit at 0-2. Everybody else is 1-1. Uh, and and you don't see anybody really running away with it. Everybody's got their problems. Michael Vick's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Yes. The Kevin Colby era. <laughs> the Kevin Colby era. Very quick. Wow. It was quick, and then it was gone, and then it was back again for like two minutes today, and then it was gone again. Right. <laughs> you thought the you thought the, the Matt Moore era was quick. <laughs> At least he got two games. Uh <laughs> 424-220-1817, the number to call. Now, Cal, Cal, we have a uh, we have a sponsor here. We do. Yeah, we do. We have our first sponsor. So let me uh, let me read this uh, this piece of uh, of on air promo. Uh, now, Cal, you know you and Doctor E Ray. All right, you guys well know that our fantasy league is very competitive, is it not? Oh, very competitive. Yes. Guys are always looking for an edge and probably visit 10 sites a week trying to hunt down advice for their lineups, who to start, who to pick up. At least, Fantasy, at least 10. Yeah. Fantasy football advice sites are like a cottage industry these days. There are more sites than there are players to draft, and they all claim to give you the best advice. But, Cal, which ones do? Ah, See, now we got a new site for you guys that is going to give you a huge edge and take the work out of fantasy. Now it's called ffadvisor.com that's fantasyfootballadvisor.com these guys have gone mathematical with this thing Cal they designed an algorithm that tells you what sites to trust when you're deciding who to start who to sit who to pick up and they uh, they did a massive survey of fantasy football players to find out what sites fantasy football players trust which are the most accurate the most often so this is a really cool site. This is a really cool idea that these guys have put together. Basically, you know, they're going to let you know every week who's right, what website is right, what, who's, what fantasy prognosticator has it right. And it's wow. all mathematical. That, that certainly sounds like a, a site that I would visit every week and, and save myself hours of, of angst yeah, surfing around. It's going to save you a lot of time. So go to ffadvisor.com. That's F-F-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com and take the guesswork out of fantasy football. All right. Ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode four. We are 45 minutes in. The number to call, 424-220-1817. Cal. Wow. Boy, that was, that was a lot of announcer voice for me. That was a... I think you did it well. That was a good deal of announcer voice for this guy. Well, you, you made up for three weeks of not being here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's right. Cal, you know what? What? The, the Yankees are still playing meaningful baseball. Wow. As they always do. We're going to come back to football later. later yeah, we're, not, we're, not, we're not quite done with the NFL just yet. Not just yet, but we've got to talk Yankees, Cal. Of course we do. It's their time of year. And I know there are call, uh, callers that want to get in and talk about the Yankees. I know Dr. E. Ray wants us desperately to talk about the Yankees. So we'll talk. Well, let's, let's, let's start off by saying that the Yankees are winning 7-3 right now in the bottom of the seventh against right. Tampa Bay, their closest rival right now. Uh-huh. A win here would put them two and a half games up in the AL East. Yes. Uh, and- for the division. 
And I think the big news, Cal, coming out of this, there are a couple of things that we really wanted to get to about the Yanks. Uh, one was, of course, uh, last night's uh, stirring ceremony at um, the stadium uh, where the Yankees honored and paid tribute to, uh, of course, George Steinbrenner, the late George Steinbrenner, uh, with a plaque and uh, a rather large plaque, I might add. A lot of celebrities on hand, a lot of old Yankees. Um, and, of course, the, the big story at that, Cal, uh, was you know going into the series with the with the with the Rays and they're a game and a half or they were a half game back blah 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 four game set but uh, Joe Torre remember him Joe Torre Joe Torre that same name sounds familiar had a prostate problem there yeah. it, there were pictures pictures of his prostate in the Daily News every day yeah, it cried a lot cried every once so I had a brother named Frank right played ball he played ball. Yeah, he was a good ball player at one point, wasn't he? <laughs> Joe Torre, the manager of the current manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Which, which it kind of gets lost in all of this when yeah, you think no, about it, right? He's still managing the season. He's actually the manager of the team. <laughs> well, Torre and Don Mattingly, who will be the new Dodgers manager next year, uh, because Joe Torre is stepping down as Dodgers manager, um, were back at the stadium. And I, I thought... This was interesting to me because a lot of Yankee fans seem to be mixed on this. And I'd like to bring in Dr. E. Ray for a second, as he is our resident Yankee fan. Uh, but there was a mixed opinion about whether Torrey, for his first time back at the stadium, whether this was uh, appropriate. Dr. E. Ray, did you find uh, Joe Torrey's uh, appearance at the stadium last night at the Steinbrenner Tribute uh, appropriate? I, I can't imagine anyone who would find it inappropriate. He was just a huge part of Yankee lore. I mean, uh, he, you know, won many World Series. Why, why shouldn't he be able to honor his former boss? I don't get it. Can I, can I, tell, you, can I tell you why? Well, why people, why people might find it inappropriate is the book that he wrote once he left here. I think a oh, lot of people... Oh, that's right. The Yankee figures... <laughs> I don't think any Yankee fan cares about that book. If, he, if anybody would find that inappropriate, it might be A-Rod or Cashman, and clearly they didn't say anything. I, as a Yankee fan, it means nothing to me. I'm glad to have Torrey back. I think, judging by the standing ovation, most people agree. That's, uh, it's awesome, uh, Ev, to, seriously, to get your take, because I, I, had list, or I had heard some fans call up some local stations here in New York uh, and say, you know, uh, uh, screw him, and, uh, you know, who is he to come back? He, you know, he stabbed Cashman in the back, and he stabbed uh, Steinbrenner in the back, and wrote a tell-all after he left, and blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I totally agree with you, Ev. I think that's ridiculous. And the guy won four World Series, made six appearances. I mean, come on now. I mean, if anybody has a, has a bone to pick, you know, Tory was completely left out of that whole montage, you know, uh, you know that they did earlier, you know, when they retired the stadium. I mean, come on, the guy won four World Series. How do you leave right. him out of that? Right, exactly. So if anybody would have had to, had a bone to pick, it would have been him. And, you know, he, he, I think he did the right thing and came, you know, pay respect to his old boss. The Absolutely. Boss. <laughs> now, uh, all right, so we... By the, way, by the way, how gaudy, how gaudy is that monument? <laughs> Did you guys see? It's literally thirty times larger than any other mine. <laughs> right, we get it. We get it. You're, you're the owner, the boss. We got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing like the subtlety of a sixty-foot uh, plaque 
uh, for the guy. It, it dwarfs like DiMaggio's and uh, Babe you know, Ruth. I don't know how many. Yeah, <laughs> how many batting titles did George Steinbrenner win? You guys know how I feel about Steinbrenner. I, I, God rest his soul. But I mean, come on. Listen, he was the owner of the team. Uh, he did lots of good things. He did lots of bad things. He was a douche of an of a of a boss, from what I understand. For, for many, many douche? years. I yeah, think we just so. did twice <laughs> for many years. Um, and I, I just, uh, I just, you know, listen. You're gonna make his his monument literally 30 times Washington, <laughs> the greatest Yankees of all time. All right, whatever. Yeah. It does feel it does feel a little bit like rewriting history because when he was alive and when he was in his prime. He was very polarizing to Yankee fans. Some some fans loved him. Some fans hated him. As a matter of fact, Doctor Eury, if you could correct me on this, most fans didn't like him. Is that right? Well, I will say without a doubt that most fans of my generation did not like him. And I grew up, you know, obviously I was born, you know, in the early seventies. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, <laughs> early nineties, those teams were horrible. And there wasn't a Yankee fan that I know that liked him. I mean, there were some awful moves. Danny Tarable, come on. I think the uh, I think the irony uh, that lies in the fact that he will have the biggest monument in the new stadium, um, in in the new Yankee Stadium, when the man uh, threatened, literally held the city hostage, right, to get it built, and and threatened so many times to move the team to get a new yeah. stadium. And uh, this is when they were losing, of course. You know, then once they started winning. And he started drawing, you know, uh, three, four million fans a year in the mid-90s. Then it was fine. Then apparently the parking situation was just fine. But I just, I, I find it ironic that he's in that new stadium in, with the biggest money. But, again, you know, what do you expect? His sons, his sons own the, and run the team. You know, I mean, what is Hal going to do? Like, give him a little tiny plaque? I guess I'm just happy that his face isn't carved into the outfield. <laughs> like mowed, mowed into the lawn? Yeah, just mowed into the lawn. Like it's, that's the standard of the outfield care now. That would be awesome. That, I'm sorry. Actually, I kind of want to see that. Can they, can they do that? I kind of want to see that. Like now his, the, uh, his image was on every base. <laughs> right. And they're changing the name of uh, strikes at the stadium to Steinbrenner's. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, now, uh, the, the interesting thing about tonight's game, guys, is uh, this. W- w- one of the things we want to talk about is that as the Yankees approach the playoffs, and I think their magic number is five now to quench a playoff spot, is uh, Phil Hughes pitched tonight. Phil Hughes. Uh, and he goes six and a third, three earned runs, five walks, six strikeouts. Um, that Yankee playoff rotation is really where the discussion is at. We'd love to hear from you about this. 424-220-1817. Cal and Dr. Uray. Um, Andy Pettit comes back the other day, right? Uh, you know, what does that rotation look like? Well, you know, we've been talking about this. You have C.C. Sabathia is the one guy that you can count on. He's the, he's the only one that you can re- feel real comfortable throwing out there in the playoffs. Um, after Sabathia, you're looking at Hughes, or Hughes. I don't know whether you pronounce the H or not, but I'm going to say no. So Hughes. Is he British? Uh, <laughs> Philip Hughes. 
It might be um, dogging. Yeah, I think it's dogging. It um, be silent. <laughs> so you got Hughes. You've got Pettit now that he's back. Um, and Burnett would have to be your fourth starter at that point. And, you know, we, we, we kind of address this rotation every week when we talk, and it doesn't inspire confidence right now. So you would you would have to separate the lefties, right? You would go CC, Hughes, and uh, Petit. Uh, in a perfect world, you wouldn't. You'd want Pettit in that second game. You guys, I have a quick question. Why 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 do we have to separate the lefties? Why is that a rule? I I don't I don't think it's a rule. No, you have to. You, you also can't let lefties bat against lefty pitchers. It's did you not read the? Did you not get the memo? Did Tony LaRusso contact you or no? <laughs> I didn't get a memo from him, but can you explain to me why that's a, a rule? You have to separate lefties. People can't see lefties back-to-back. Is there, like, some revelation that happens in the second time you see them? In a, in a playoff series? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Call Bobby. Can we get Bobby Valentine up? Yeah, I think he, ha- I think he wrote that chapter, actually, on <laughs> rotation etiquette. I mean, honestly, there are teams, though, where you would want to throw two lefties out there, like the Mets. You know, three years ago. Why Ooh, wouldn't I, you want your two best pitchers go in the first two games and be up to nothing? Why? Why wouldn't that be the case? Right. Like, why should you care? You should always yeah. do that. I, I I would agree. You just you hear that kind of conventional, what is quote unquote conventional wisdom, and you know what? Until guys like you, Doctor Ray, start questioning the conventions, nothing is going to change. That's it. Nothing, guys. Nothing. <laughs> I agree. You're right on. <laughs> Can we get some sort of chant going here? Uh, something? Donna Martin graduates? Anything? Something? <laughs> I'm I'm still just trying to figure out how we can change the uh, the term strike to Steinbrenner. <laughs> <laughs> I want to name something a Steinbrenner from now on. Can we call something a Steinbrenner? Oh, please. Got to be some, maybe a bunt. <laughs> no, it's got to be something that's like uh, like, like a Steinbrenner inside the park home run. <laughs> he's been around third. He's going to try for a Steinbrenner. He's going for the Steinbrenner, but they're only in the stadium, right? Like only if you get one in the new Yankee Stadium, or we can just call it the stadium now. Yeah, you as, can't as hit a Steinbrenner. You can't hit a Steinbrenner on the road. No, no, it's got to be in the Yankee Stadium. So uh, I would, I would start both lefties too. I mean, the heck with it. Enough with the convention. Enough with your rules, man. You know, let's look at the Phillies for a second. You think the Phillies are going to break up Halliday and Oswalt in the playoffs? Well, as as well as Hamels is pitching, maybe. <laughs> well, that's I mean, Ham- Hamels is really pitching well. <laughs> the Phillies are just the Phillies have that luxury. They yeah, do. I guess they do. Uh, they, guess. But but you know what? You, for, if you're the Yankees, your two best pitchers are CC and Pettit. Throw them games one and two, and enough now. Then the story should be ended right there. Come on now. Enough. I've had enough with it. So uh, you go CC, pet it, and you pray for rain in game three. Well, then we got Hughes. I, you know, I'm not that worried about Hughes. Maybe I haven't watched him enough. Maybe oh, I, no, I You worried about him? Yes. I just, do, I just do not trust Phil Hughes in a big spot. I don't trust him. Do you trust Burnett? <laughs> no. Dear Lord, no. Do you trust Vasquez? Do you trust Ivan Nova? Ivan Nova? Ivan... Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova. He trusted uh, in the third set at the Wimbledon finals. <laughs> That's the only place I trust him. Okay. <laughs> is down is down thirty love. 
Great point. That's the only place. <laughs> that's the only place I trust him. No, I, I, you, you would have to go uh, Hughes in that spot, but you better hope you're up to nothing. And you better uh, hope you're up to zero in the series. I, I they're going to have to hit. Right, Doctor Ray. Before we go around the MLB a little bit, and there's really only one place to go. I mean, really, the only place to go is the uh, the NL West. But uh, it, just real quick on the Yankees, Doctor Ray. You know, we're coming up on the playoffs. What is it? Two weeks? Maybe two weeks left of this uh, regular season. And uh, you know, you're going into this now. You got Pettit back. He looked good on Sunday. Uh, but how do you feel about this team? And how do you feel about the poten- uh, potential matchup with uh, Texas? All right, well, I have some very uh, good Yankee, close Yankee friends. One of them includes my father, of course, who have been just so down the Yankees all year. They, they feel it's not the Yankees' year, the, the team's not that good. And I respond to them every time, you tell me a team that is better, okay? Tell me what team in the American League is consistently better than this team across the board. I think the Yankees have a chance to, to win this thing again because I don't think there's another team that really stands out right now. Texas has beaten them a few times. I will never believe Texas is going to beat them in the playoffs until I see it, because they never do. They never do. Right. Well, is that enough for you to go on, the, the never yes, do it is. corollary? Yes, it is. Because, you know, you got Josh Hamilton now officially has broken ribs. Right. Um, that lineup suddenly becomes significantly less scary. Those and uh, I, I'm not just, just not convinced. Okay. And you don't, you don't like, you know, even having to go against Cliff Lee twice in a series? Yeah, listen, they did it already, and they were able to prevail. I don't, I'm not too worried about that. I'm, I'm the, the truth is, I'm not even worried about Tampa at all. I'm just glad Boston is not there. That's all I don't care about. Wow. that's Why is it Yankee fans are that way, though? Because I don't think Tampa has any experience to beat us in the playoffs. They just haven't done it. Boston scares me. Right. You right. sound a little defensive, Dr. E. Ray. <laughs> I have to say. Not listen. <laughs> you just got a little you just got a little Nathan Thurm there from the old Saturday Night Live I'm not being defensive who says I'm being defensive the two, the two teams in the playoffs that we're going to play in the first round are Minnesota or Texas and our history versus them are is tremendous right so you're relying on history now at this point I am because so far it has worked right and what about the series you just had with the Rangers nothing Listen, to, nothing to worry about there now, listen, of course any team can beat a team in a series. I get it. In the playoffs, I think the Yankees will beat Texas. That's what I think. I, I would agree with you. I just I, – I don't know if this is the uh, – you know, I don't know if this is the year that you can just rely on history. Yeah, the history aspect of it. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm saying that as a fan, but the reality is I don't think Texas is a better team than us in every aspect of their lineup, their pitching, their bullpen. I just don't think so. Right. No, it's, I, I mean, it's fair. I, I, I mean, I think the Rangers would have a, a – the, the, the only thing the Rangers really have is that they, they can score some runs. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'll take the history aspect of it, without a doubt. Uh, I just think that uh, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting because this Yankee team – is going to have to score six or seven runs a game, at least in the AL you know, playoffs until they get to the World Series. Then they're going to need to pitch. I, I, think, I think you are uh, spinning fool's gold if you're going to just go on history. Because yeah. it's... Um, Wait, what? Like spinning, fo- spinning fool's gold? No, I meant spending fool's gold. Spending... Oh. You're spending... I was going to say, I don't know if you can spin gold. No, you flaxen, maybe. 
I think you're mixing. Uh, I think you're mixing metaphors there. I might be, but you. I I believe that it, it's foolish to just go based on history and just you know we're the Yankees and we've done this before, so obviously we'll do it again. I think you got to take these teams seriously this year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would agree. Let's take a call, Cal, and let's go out to Dan in Manhattan, calling in to talk about the Yankees. Hey, Dan, welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. What's on your mind? Hey there, guys. I, I just wanted to give a little uh, uh, evenness to this uh, conversation. The <laughs> two-on-one here, Mets on, on Dr. E. Ray. I mean, you know, all the all the Yankee paranoia is just, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. This is the best team in the league, with the best record in the league, with a stacked uh, uh, starting, uh, um, you know, stacked with good starting pitchers. I mean, just because some of the, uh, you know, use held off a bit, I understand, um, uh, you know, there's the, that um, uh, Burnett is a little erratic, but he did it last year. I mean, I look at the competition here, and I, I, I agree with Dr. Ure. I don't feel worried about the competition. I'm happy that Boston is not going to be in the mix. And um, I think this is just a lot of worrying. I, I, you know what, Dan? I got to say, you're, you're absolutely right. And we were, we were ganging up a little bit on Dr. Ure because we like to have fun with him because, well, frankly, as Mets fans, we have nothing left at this point we're, in the season. We're, but, we're jealous. But no, honestly, Dan, you, you make a great point, and, and there is a you, – you're talking about the, a team with the best record in baseball, or at least the be- best record in the American League. Uh, you're talking about a team that is ridiculously stacked up and down the lineup, you know, that, that any, one, any guy, one through nine, can beat you. And you're talking about a team that, if it gets any sort of starting pitching, should be in the, in the World Series without any sort of problem. I think the – I think the problem is the water level, you know, the high water mark for the Yankees is so high. They are the defending champions, and they're the Yankees. And so you get nitpicky. But you're absolutely right, Dan. You're absolutely right. It's, it is, yeah, it's nitpicky, and I think it's just the, the demeanor of the, of the Yankee culture right now to, do, to, to nitpick like this. Because if, if you transplant the same team in another town, I think – most of the, the sports talk conversation would be chest-stomping, you know, uh, which it probably is like in Philly right now, even though, you know, I think that they are you know, second-rate compared to the Yankees. Um, now, Dan let, me, Dan, let me ask you a question. The Yankees won the World Series last year. They clearly have the best team in the American League this year. So why all the angst from the Yankee fans that are, that are panicking or, or nitpicking a little bit? Uh, I, don't, I don't pretend to know. I don't pretend to know. I think uh, it, it's like it's, a, it's like any weird uh, weirdness to any particular little culture. You know, like this is just the way you're allowed to act if you're a Yankee fan. You can it just seems strange. You're right. You can you can you can call out for Jeter's head if he's not batting 285, and you can demand to get Cliff Lee <laughs> as your third starter. I mean, it, to me, it, it's it's an absurd Yankee universe, and uh, I'm just a fan who enjoys the games. Uh, but I think I think it's 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 Yankee fan absurdity. One last thing for you, Dan, and uh, thank you. We're going to start calling you Dan, the voice of reason from Manhattan, uh, or Danny Reason, something. We, we'll come up with some sort of nickname. Dan, Dan the reasonable Yankee. Gary Reason. 
Dan Gary Reason. About Harry Reasoner. (laughs) (laughs) But Dan, uh, one more thing before we let you go. Uh, Now, you you said something that's uh, critical. I've heard a lot of Yankee fans say it. It's this built-in, glad the Red Sox aren't in it. Right, glad the I'm just glad the Red uh, you know, Sox are not going to be I'm, in the playoffs. I, I, and I, you know what? I gotta say, I misspoke. Is when that came out, I, I realized I didn't really mean it because the postseason is much more fun when you're biting your nails against the Red Sox. Well, that so, was that was one thing. That. I, that was that was one thing I was going to bring up because as a as a baseball fan, I love it, especially considering yeah. the Mets are, are you know there once a decade. So at least there's yeah, watching. Can't that right? But. I, there's another reason to me to maybe think about recanting, and that is I understand that you that the other teams that are going to be in and and like Dr. Ray said, you're not afraid of Minnesota, you're not afraid of the Rangers, okay? But I I disagree with Dr. Ray when he says I don't think the Rays know how to beat the Yankees. Oh, I agree. Well, I, I agree with you on this one. I agree with you on this one. Uh, they're a dangerous team. I think they're, they're dangerous. They're so talented, and uh, and and uh, you know, I, I'm afraid of the Rays. No doubt. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know if it's afraid. I, I mean, I, I I I they could easily knock you off. They could. They could easily knock you off. I mean, you're still the Yankees, you know, and you're still the best team in the American League, in my opinion. You're still the defending champions. You still have the cachet of Yankee Stadium. You still have, you know, all the history, the lore. It's tough to come into Yankee Stadium, new or old. And, and win a series, but I think the Rays, out of those uh, four team, or three teams going to the playoffs, play very loose, and they're very young, and they're almost like too stupid to know better. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, Dr. Ray wants to jump in on this. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I'm sorry. I brought this up on the show before, but I mean, I, I'm looking at this lineup the Rays are putting out there tonight, and I, I understand, you know, they have some very, very good players, but this lineup does not scare me. Dan Johnson is batting fifth on this team. You know, Matt Joyce is batting sixth. This team, I understand their pitching is very good, and that's important in the playoffs, but they don't scare me as much as a team like the Red Sox might with all their history versus the Yankees. But they're going to win 95 games. I understand. I mean, they're, believe they're, me. they're winning 95 games with that lineup in the AL East. So they're, they're scoring enough runs. It's not just their pitching, and they still do have some guys that can hurt you. So let, just let me ask you a real question, you know, real quick. If the Yankees play the Rays in the ALCS, you would feel very comfortable knowing that the Yankees are going to go to the World Series. No, I, I feel pretty good about the chances there, yes. Okay, I, that's fair. You know, that's, I, I just wanted to bring up the, uh, the point that, uh, to me, with the Rays, uh, it's, it's more like yeah, I, I don't think they have the fear or they don't have the history. They, you know, they've never played the Yankees in the playoffs. You know, so they don't—they don't have any history there. There's no playoff history there. So you know, let's while just, Texas, uh, let, let's ahead, just Dan. hope that disrespecting Dan Johnson uh, <laughs> doesn't come back to haunt us all, Doctor Eray. <laughs> Dan, uh, uh, Dan, Gary Reasons, the the voice of reason. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for the call. We'll talk yeah. to you down the line. Thanks pal. for the time, guys. All right. Thanks, Dan. Dan does a great job calming us all down and reminding us. Do not mess. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, you know, we might be calm. I don't think Dr. Ray is calm right now, though. Well, you know what, though, Cal? I like it. Pretty calm. I like it when he's, like it when he's fired up, though. Nah, it's good. 
I like it when he's fired, because usually with the Yankees, it's like, oh, ho-hum, another 100 wins, here we go. You know, and last year, Dr. E. Ray, you can attest to this. You can atone for this. You can do anything with an A and a T following it. You can, you can attribute it to this, whatever you like. But last year, you got into that team for the first time in a long time. No, that was, that was a, a very uh, easy team to root for. There's no doubt about it. They, they had those, all the walk-offs and bringing the fresh blood of, of CeCe and Burnett and, and even Melky, which, which you know, made you want to root for that team. This team's been a little more difficult, but the reality is, is that when I look at the teams in the American League, I just think they're better. I think they are, too. I think, they are, I think their lineup is better. I don't, I don't know how you could feel extraordinarily comfortable throwing CeCe Sabathia, a 38-year-old Andy Pettit with a bad groin, and Phil Hughes out there and have that be your three-man rotation. Because I, I think plenty of uh, or the other teams match up just as well. I do. So I, when you look at their lineup, yeah, they should score eight runs a game. Okay? But th- that rotation does not scare me. And that, that bullpen leading up to the greatest closer of all time is not exactly kid-tested, mother-approved. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but you, you know what, though, Steve? You're going to tell me that C.J. Wilson and Kobe Lewis, those guys are going to be fine in the playoffs. They've never done it before. They're really, I've been really, doing, they're doing, doing it all year. I'm just saying. No, but the playoffs is a different animal, Cal. You know that. Yeah, it's a different animal for the Yankee bullpen as well, except for Mariano. I gave you the closer, absolutely. You have the greatest postseason closer of all time. You have the greatest regular season uh-huh. closer. I'm talking about the starting pitching here, though. You know, Texas starting pitching is something that's carried them, and I just don't think that they're proven commodities. They're going to do so great in the playoffs. Has Cliff, Lee, has Cliff Lee done in the playoffs? Yeah. No, but you know what? Yeah, yeah, and he's got a good point because, you know what? A.J. Burnett, the guy that everybody's worried about, what did he do in the playoffs last year? He actually performed well in the playoffs. Well, he was up and down, Cal. Let's not get crazy. In the playoffs, he pitched by the way, great game against the Phillies. Have you seen Cliff Lee's numbers since he's been pitching for Texas, by the way? Yeah, I also saw. What, what did he do to the Yankees last time he faced them? No, I understand, but he's four and five with a four ten ERA since he's pitching for, for Texas. You know, that's, I'm a, that's, that's not lights out. That's I, I, that's absolutely fine. He's done it in the playoffs before. Yeah, because we're gonna, if we're going to use that, if we're going to use that point, you got to worry about Cliff Lee, regardless of his regular season. Record. Just, I, I, and and ERA, it's a great point because you, you do have guys like C.J. Wilson who have never pitched in the playoffs before, and you have Andy Pettit. But I'm ju- I'm just saying the, the Rangers have an ace. The Rangers have a guy who's pitched in the playoffs before. The Twins have guys who have pitched in the playoffs before. And, and, and if I'm a Yankee fan, the one thing I'm just not super great about right now is that rotation going into a short series. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about it. CeCe's obviously been dominant. He's probably the Cy Young Award winner in my, in my opinion. You know, But it, it, the, the rest of that rotation, Andy Pettit coming back and Phil Hughes and A.J. Burnett, and, who's been awful this year. Awful. I mean, for three quarters of the year, awful. But, you know, I, I would be a little nervous about that. But they should score eight runs anyway. 424-220-1817, the number to call, Dr. E. Ray. Thanks for being a good, uh, good sport <laughs> there. Taking, taking it on the chin. There is a fine coming your way. Uh, Dr. E. Ray is saying there should be a fine coming your way. There is. You know why? You, but it's not for what you think it is. It's what is because, it for? It's because you said no doubt about it. You did say that. And we live in a no doubt about it. <laughs> Ready to unload is a no doubt about it free zone. And because, that being said. <laughs> because the next thing you know, you'll be saying, bro, 
And you <laughs> Well, listen, there's no need for apologies. I've been I've been having this argument with the two of you for how long? For for as long as I care to remember. <laughs> uh and you you'll be saying stellar and bro. Stellar bro. And yeah. Four four two four two two. I'm gonna stop zero, right now. Eighteen seventeen. The number to call. This is Ready to Unload with Callan Sampete. The date. I didn't even give the date. It's September twenty first, two thousand and ten. This is episode four, and we are into hour two of Ready to Unload episode four on WBTR BlogTalkRadio.com. Cal, you know what time of the night it is? It's ten fifteen. <laughs> okay, good. Good no? segue. Well, we, we knocked that one out of the park. That was good. Oh, that. Right, I meant what time. It, not, oh, it's not, time of the... Right, not literally. Or the show. It's, right. time for, it's time for the fun load, Steve. That's correct. Tonight's fun load is brought to you by JokerDesign.net. Yes, JokerDesign.net. For all your web design needs. The boys at JokerDesign.net designed our site, www.rtusports.com. Uh, check it out. You can listen to the show live from there. And also check out www.rtusports.com. During the week, we have some cool things going on there, Cal, before we get to the fun load. Yeah, get, get into that a little bit because um, we, just, we, right, just we've been quick. recruiting lately. Right. We're, we're, what we're trying to do and what we've been su- largely successful at doing is uh, getting some of the, uh, the, the guys – uh, that we know that are real good writers uh, and uh, have real good uh, opinions and unloads on sports, and asking them if uh, basically assembling a stable of sorts, Cal. Yeah, it's a stable of uh, of writers to blog uh, weekly for us, and um, so we're, they're going to be on specific days. And and, and we got uh, Matt Silvestri uh, coming over from Caught Looking. His spot is going to be called Caught, uh, Caught Looking, and uh, that'll be on Thursdays. Uh, and we have another guy, Jimmy James, uh, who's written for us before. He's going to have a spot on Tuesdays. Uh, regular blog columns about all sorts of stuff, whether it be sports, pop culture and sports, movies and sports, whatever they feel like writing about. Um, uh, and that's going to be on the website, so check that out. There's going to be a lot more blog-type content on www.rtusports.com, designed by JokerDesigns.net, www.jokerdesigns.net, Ask for Billy Gefkin. And now, the fun load, Cal. Fun load! We do need some sort of music or jingle, don't we? we do, I, we're afraid to play music right now. We're, we, see, just, we're, still, we're still getting into the new studio here at WBTR. Well, you know what, Steve? I think we can play music. I just don't think we can talk while we play music. Well, let's, let's try this. Let's, I'm going to do this. Okay. Okay. So that should, the, the music should be playing. That's nice. Yeah. I think that's nice. We could talk. We're talking over that. That's nice. I hear you. Welcome to the fun load. Oh, it's it's bending the music a little bit, though. (laughs) That makes me nervous. Welcome to the fun load tonight on (laughs) readytounload.com. Readytounload.com. Ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. And uh, it's working. It's sort of working. And this fades, Cal. I put this together today. That's even better. Look at that. Check it out. Look at it, it's fading away. Yeah, and then and and scene. And, and you know what? It's, and into the and into the fun load. So now what it's doing is it's making me think about all of the teams that I root for. Wow. <laughs> I thought you know, 
the music fades and my memory takes me back. Oh, I see where you're going. Going back. And I often question, especially these days, why did I become a Mets fan? Yeah. Did I, did I have a choice in the matter? Was I destined to become a Mets fan and a lifetime of heartache and disappointment? Do I have an opportunity to save my kids from a lifetime of heartache and disappointment? How does it happen, Steve? How does it happen? Well, that's uh, what we're going to get into tonight in the RTU Fun Load. How did we choose the teams that we love? How does it happen? Do we how choose? Did, how do, do we, we get here? It? That's the first question. Do we choose it, or are we born into it? Or do they choose us? Or do they choose us? That doesn't make any sense for this, but I just wanted to say that. Deep? It is, it's very deep. It's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense, but I wanted to say it. No, how do we choose the teams that we love? Now, uh, let's throw out an obvious one. Okay? Because we, we, you know, and you and I share a lot of these teams. Yes, we do. So yes, we can we kind of speak to our experiences, maybe. Obviously, uh, location. Location, location, location. Obviously, where you grew up can often dictate who you're rooted for. Now, we have a special situation here in New York, and New York City specifically, because... We had so many professional teams. You also have teams that have been here for 100 years. Cal, you know what the old saying is, right? You are what you eat. You know what the other old saying is, right? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with the other one. <laughs> the other old saying about what teams in New York you root for. Why are you a Met fan? Well, because my grandparents were Brooklyn Dodger fans. That's right. Okay, so there were certain, there, there were certain things that are passed down to you. They're based on location. You didn't find a lot of Yankee fans in the 40s and 50s in Brooklyn. No. You found an awful lot of Brooklyn Dodger fans. Then when the Brooklyn Dodgers moved, you, weren't, you certainly weren't going to root for the Yankees. Well, but that's not true. You, you talk to some people. They did, they did root for the Yankees at Very that point. Very rare. Very rare, Cal. That's true. An American League team, it was rare. Exactly. Plus, you hated the Yankees if you were a Dodger fan. And vice versa. You should have. You know, but, but it, so a lot of it is location. You know, we grew up in New York. There's nine professional sports teams. We're probably going to root for one of them, right? You would think. Now, how about what I just mentioned too, Cal, about who did you watch sports with when you were growing up? Yeah, well, when you, when, as, you know, in my case, I, would wa I was introduced to sports from my father. So my first experience with sports would have been whatever he was watching on TV at the time. Now, my father, and I'm sure he'll listen to the replay, yes. and I, I will make sure he listens to the replay. Waffle House. Waffle House himself. <laughs> um, the story, growing up, I was a Mets fan, okay? And all I knew were the Mets, and I was under the illusion that my father was a Mets fan for this whole, you know, our whole life. And in 1996, all of a sudden... My father starts walking around with a Yankee sweatshirt on. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm, I'm confused. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm 22 years old. I'm just out of college trying to find my way. And now I'm confused by something that I always thought I knew has now suddenly changed. Turns out he was a Yankee fan way back in the day. Right. And when the Mets came into existence, it was, ah, the old lovable Mets. And he kind of joined in. And apparently... Throughout the years, he's kind of bounced back and forth as the situation dictated. Unacceptable. But what happened was, because I, I was born into or I grew up 
my formative years were during a time of Met prosperity, that is the team that he had chosen at that particular time in life, and that's how I became a Met fan. So you, it just so happened that at that, those couple of weeks, Waffle House was watching the Mets, <laughs> and you became a Met fan. So you could have easily been a Yankee fan. Very easily. And, and not so, gotten through all this. And so much, so much easier than I ever thought, as it turned out. <laughs> now, you know? Dr. E. Ray, we all know, we, we just talked about what a, uh, your Yankee fandom, and uh, I, I, I'm sure that comes from your dad, because I, I know your dad is a huge, you said your dad's a huge Yankee fan, so I'm sure you, you grew up watching the Yankees, but I, I want to ask you about your football allegiance. This is very, very interesting how you came to the Jets. Wow. Am I putting I, you on I'm the spot? Ready, I'm not ready to talk about that right now. No, um, <laughs> I, I we're not up, We're not in group or anything right now. You don't have to. <laughs> My name is Evan Eisenberg, and I was a former Giant fan. Uh, no, here's how it worked. I, I grew up, I wasn't really that into football. I, I was just so much into baseball. Football didn't really matter to me, but I was a Giant fan. I was a definite Giant fan. Growing up, and uh, at some point, I just stopped really caring about football for a long period of time, and I just became so into Crebet, you know, and the fact that he was this short guy who was able to accomplish so much, you know, just the, the whole story appealed to me, and I liked the whole Parcells angle. So in the in the late '90s, when those guys were uh, for the Jets, I just started rooting for them, and, and then next thing I know, I'm, I'm a diehard Jet fan, and 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 that's that. Wow. So that's so that's how it came to be for you to go, to go to the Jets. So we're talking about this idea, folks, uh, 424-220-1817, RTUers, to call in and tell us about how you came to root for the teams that you did. So, you know, you kind of came at it because of the player, because it was just a player yeah. that was, you know, so good and you I had to just root for the Jets. Right. I think that's an unusual way to do it. But, I mean, for me, that's that's how it started. I mean, I just started really rooting for Corbett, and, and I liked Parcells and Testaverde, like these, these were guys that I, that I rooted for, and I just gravitated towards them, and I found myself not really caring as much about the other team. But right. a little more, but a little more logical because it was another team in town. So this was another, this was a second team that you did have full access to. It wasn't like it was a team from another another market. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, I've dealt, I've dealt a lot with, especially you know, we went, I went to college out of state. You know, I went to college uh, at the University of Dayton, so I was in Ohio, as you guys well know. Um, and you get asked all the time, you know, how did you be from people not from New York? How come you're a Met fan and not a Yankee fan? Or how come you're a Jet fan and not a Giant fan? Well, so you have like a unique situation in New York, which a lot of other places have. A number of other cities have because they have two local pro teams in town. Um, but I guess I get asked it a lot, and the answer is always, I started watching the Mets with my grandmother uh, you know, when I was like three and I started watching the Jets with my uncles, you know, when I was about four. So it was that it was strictly family for me, um, you know, watching watching with your family. And it was just passed down like the Giants were never an option. How uh, and neither were the Yankees, you know. Now, my brother, you guys would be interested to know, switched. He was a Yankee fan until he was about 12. Really? And then I convinced him to be a Mets fan. And we had a, a ceremony and everything. I'll never forget it. We did it in the back of, a, we did it in the back of my dad's station wagon. I think we were driving to Brooklyn to go to my grandmother's. And I like, you know, 
Yankeed him, took his Yankee hat, and gave him a Met hat. It was like ceremony and everything. Wow. And my brother, I think, to this day remembers that. And still <laughs> curses me for taking the Yankees away from him, from talk, for talking him into the Mets. It was your fault. It seemed like such a good idea at the time. It was 83. You had Hubie Brooks. They had just traded for Hernandez. Here they, here they were. Here they come. The Yankees weren't that great at the time. Right. Strawberry, <laughs> Strawberry just came up. You know, it was, it was a good-looking team. Things are looking up. Yeah, you know, my, it's funny because Dr. E. Ray asked, who did my dad root for as a kid? And my dad was not super into sports. He's, he, he's still not. I mean, my dad's a Giant fan. Right. A football Giant fan. I think as a, as a kid, he, he liked baseball, but he was into the Dodgers a little bit and the New York Giants uh, before they moved to San Francisco. Never a Yankee guy. But my dad just liked good baseball. You know, but he he over time has become a Met fan. Now, I remember listening to Met games with my grandfather. That's for sure. My yeah, father's father. Yeah, lit on the transistor radio, sitting out on the stoop in Brooklyn. Wow. You know, but you know, this is these are the memories that you associate with your family, and that's how these teams become beloved. But Cal, I got to ask you. Mm. Now, there's the situation where you you talked about going to college and then coming home and you know uh, struggling to find your way, which was very dramatic. Actually, but see that the the ironic part about that is I never left home for college. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> but you, <laughs> that's I was you went to St. John's. <laughs> I did, I did. So I, I, you know, I I left Long Island, not actually Long Island proper because I was still on the island, but I went to Queens. <laughs> so anyway, when you make this big tumultuous move back. 25 miles up the LIE. <laughs> you, you, mean, you mean drive home from right. school that day? Because I was still living at home. Yeah, you've been a Met fan since, I mean, come on. You and I have known each other since we're eight years old, and one of the first things that we ever talked about was the Mets. That's right. I mean, we have shared this bond. That's how we met, pretty much. Exactly. And, we, and, were both, and, we were both Mets fans in baseball camp, and it just so happened. That's correct. And the Islanders, you know, right. which is our other big bond. Now, you spent years rooting for the Dolphins. That's right. Which we talked about a little bit last week. And, uh, you know, what, what, what gives, my friend? Yeah, that, that's just, that is a story that has no explanation. I was, I was, I grew up, I started as a Jet fan. When I first started watching football, I was a Jet fan. And I've, I've told this story before, but now we have a different audience, so it's a good story to tell again. Right. As a Jet fan, um, I, I never went to a Jet game when they played at Shea Stadium. Then in 1983, the Jets moved from Shea Stadium to the Meadowlands. They moved to Jersey. Right. And all I, all I knew as a nine-year-old, all I could equate that to was, if the Jets moved to New Jersey, my father will never take me to a game in New Jersey. I might have had a shot at Shea Stadium, but he was not crossing state lines to take me to a football game. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey, when you're 11, is like, and, and you live on Long Island, is like they might as well have moved to Wyoming. You needed a passport to get That's to New Jersey. That's correct. <laughs> you so, do. Yeah, I think you do. And now, it's, so at the same time that that happened, the Dolphins, with Dan Marino, were in the Super Bowl against the um, 49ers. Right. That was the year that they beat the Jets. And I started watching the Dolphins, and I, got, I took a liking to them. And for, and for some reason, I, I, just, I remember it as clear as day. In 1980, I was 10 years old, and I just, I just decided I'm not a Jet fan anymore because I'm never going to get to see a Jet game. So I'm a Dolphins fan. Right. 
and I and I stuck with being a Dolphins fan for over over twenty years, and it got to the point where it was ridiculous because I was sick of following a team that was located in a different city. Yeah, especially you know, that team. Especially that team. <laughs> and then and then I started to get jealous because everybody else, you know, were were becoming Jet. You know, you were either a Jet fan or like in Doctor E Race case, you became a Jet fan, and everybody was going that way. And I felt very left out. Right. So at so at age thirty four. As an adult, yes. <laughs> the feelings, the feelings of exile and 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 uh, were so strong that you yeah. decided. To go, hey, we're happy to have you. You know that. I know, I know. And and when the Dolphins went one in fifteen a couple of years ago, I just said, you know what? This is my time. I had been flirting with the Jets. There had been situations where the Jets would play the Dolphins, and I found myself confused. I wasn't sure where to go. And finally, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to be a Jet fan starting last year because I wanted in on all the fun. Right. You were making eyes with the Jets for a while. And I now... was, but, and, 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 and you know me well enough to know that I'm not just doing it to jump on a bandwagon. I am now all in with the Jets. No, you're not a bandwagon guy. When you root for a team, it's, it's, it's deep, man. It's for life. Yes. Now, so some of the other things we were talking about with this, Cal, that are interesting. I was going to say, like, you go to college and, like, I went to Dayton, so, you know, I wasn't getting all fired up about Dayton football. Uh, I did get into Dayton college basketball, but we grew up without college teams, really. That's right. The only college sports you really rooted for were St. John's basketball, Mm -hmm. and I rooted for Syracuse against St. John's, just to be contrarian. Right. Because I like Sherm Douglas and Roney Cycli. I like them. And D.C., Derek Holm. Derek Holm. Um, so we really didn't have college teams to root for. I'm sure you got into St. John's basketball while you were there and stuff like that. I did. But what about the situation, Cal, where you have, like, we grew up with a lot of these people in New York and a lot more people than you would think. Like the cowboy fan from Mineola, Long Island. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? And, and, and is it acceptable? Well, that was like, I was the dolphin fan from Comac. Yeah, but and and I think the fans of other of teams from other markets, I, you know, I would have to think that, especially our age group, teams like the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Raiders, these were these were the powerhouse powerhouse teams of the seventies, right. and you know, people our age maybe grew up in a household where these were the teams that were always on TV. Well, yeah, I think a big factor in that is is at the time you couldn't watch anybody you wanted to. That's right. You know, so and and you also like in football. I know a lot of cowboy fans from New York only got one game a week. The Giants were awful. Right. The Jets were the Jets, <laughs> meaning awful. Right. And you watched the Cowboys. You know, they were America's team. They were on every week. So you actually got to see them. So why wouldn't you watch? You know, why wouldn't you become a Cowboys fan? I mean, I guess I can understand it, but you see, that's, I think that's acceptable. Right? I, I, I guess. It. I, yeah, I guess. No. I, I don't. I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all. Yeah, Doctor. What, what, yeah, what don't you like about it, Doctor? Doctor E. Ray. Uh, listen, I don't <laughs> know if it's right or not. I don't know, but whenever I was growing up and I saw a guy who told me he was a Cowboys fan or a Steelers fan. Whatever team was in first place at the time and won championships, it made me angry. Like I, I'm like, 
That's not the way it should be. I'm sorry. You, you, you grew up in this area. You pick a team. That's your team. Uh, I, 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 that's difficult to argue with, especially in New York. You know, I mean, it's right it's, when you have more than got, one option. You got so many choices. You got to go outside. Unless you have get family ties somewhere else, or you right. lived there once before, it's not acceptable to me. I'm sorry. Well, like it's. I went to. You know, I lived in L.A. for a while. You guys remember that? You saw the movie. Uh, I, I lived in L.A. for a couple of years and stuff. And and I, I I I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm not some sort of big basketball fan. I didn't certainly didn't move there and adopt the Lakers, you know. But we've talked about this on another show, long time ago. We talked about the idea of like moving to another town, and you're staying there. Is it okay to adopt another team? We we all agreed that it was okay, you know. But uh, because we talked about what you would do if your team moved. Right. But th- this is different to me though. Like if you grew up, I I, I will always be a Met fan. You know, if I move someplace else, I will always be a Met fan. So I think now, that the, the 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 transplanted fan is okay by me. But the kid who grew up in Comac on Long Island and is somehow a Cowboys fan, uh, I don't like it. I don't well, like let me, it. Let me ask you guys a question. Especially if he's our age. Sorry, Cal. Especially if he's our age. I can yeah. see if, you know, he was watching the Cowboys in the 70s. It, it, these guys were four years old. You know? Right. So you you had good giant teams to root for. You had a good you know good jet teams in the early eighties, early to mid eighties to root for. Come on now, get on board. Okay. <laughs> but, but here's the question I I wanted to throw out to you guys: Is do you find it acceptable to switch allegiances at any point in your life if you haven't moved to a new t- uh, new city? Well, I, I, I guess I would have to, Cal. Otherwise, we wouldn't be speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I like that. To me, though, you made a move from the Jets to the Dolphins to the Jets. Right. And you're from New York. Right. So that's a little bit more acceptable. It's acceptable. And you, I, also, if... you, were, you also weren't Joe Dolphin. You know no. I mean? I mean, you had a Marino jersey, Grace. You know, but you didn't go. It's not like you were walking around with Mark Duper jerseys. No, I was not. You know, or Richmond Webb jerseys. I mean, you know, you you were a Dolphins fan. Everybody knew it, but you weren't uh, Johnny Ra Ra. No, Johnny Ra Ra. Johnny Ra Ra. <laughs> I certainly was not. No, I don't know who Johnny Ra Ra is. Well, whoever he is, you know, Johnny Ra Ra, maybe. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's acceptable. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. I think that – Johnny Rara. I think that's acceptable. I think you, you can – and it's especially acceptable if you switch to a hometown team. Right. What would not be acceptable is if I was all of a sudden uh, – this week I decided to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Or you, or you went to – you know, now this year you're a New Orleans fan. You're a right. Saints yeah. fan. That's a better example. You know, or anybody who switched to the Yankees. No, that's not fair. But the Yankees certainly are easy to root for. You know what I mean? Like it's well, and you know what? Let me let me touch on that real quick. It's I'm been gonna, a nice fifteen years, is all I'm saying. I'm going to ask this question, and I'm I want Dr. Ray's opinion on this one. Right. To be a fan of a team, right? You're watching sports because you want to enjoy sports and you want to be a fan. Why wouldn't you root for a team 
that wins. Like, why is that unacceptable to switch to a team that always wins if, if you want to try to get some fun out of it? Is this your way of telling me you're going to become a Yankee fan? Is this what you're doing? The jury is out. Uh, I will fight you. I'm just kidding. Unacceptable. No, that no, that obviously will never happen. But I just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point, though, because you're a fan. It, it, it's about being a fan of a team. Why, why would you put yourself through that misery if you had a choice? Well, Cal, but Cal, isn't, isn't the misery part of it, isn't it necessary to go through life and, and experience the misery of your team for a period of time, whether it's five years or ten years? I'm sorry, it just is. You need to have that misery to, be, to call yourself a diehard fan. Yeah, it's like, it's like your badge of honor, I guess. I think so. And, 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 and sticking by your team is, is what's important. And to enjoy the, you know, the, the highs of it. You know what I mean? That the, the, the high when you do win. Let's put it this way. People who stuck with the Pirates the last 19 years, going to party. If that team ever wins, forget about it. That's true. You know, I mean, that's, that's, part, of the, that's part of the joy of it. You know, I, I think. Now, look. Though, Ev, we've suffered a lot of late. I mean, Cal and I, at the hands of the Metropolitans, have suffered a great deal since Carlos Beltran took called strike three from Adam Wainwright. It's been a rough go, don't get me wrong. But I think there's a difference between suffering and, there's a, and, and like, suffering intelligently. Like, I think Cal and I have reached the point where, with the Mets or, you know, they are a beloved team of ours. We will always root for the Mets, but we're so, so uh, convinced that the organization is going to do the wrong thing that it's almost like, okay, enough with the suffering. You know? Like, you don't trust the organization to do the right thing. Right. So, so I, I think once you start getting into, you know, critical fandom... <laughs> You know, as opposed to just being a fan, oh, my team sucks, and oh, boy, oh, well, I love them, you know, <laughs> to where Cal and I and a lot of Mets fans are, which is ownership is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Jeff Wilpon is one of the worst owners in baseball and or one of the worst, you know, team presidents in baseball, and nobody wants to work with him or for him. You know, like uh, every decision that the organization makes is going to be wrong, blah, 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 blah. Then you're getting out of, like, the joy of the suffering, <laughs> Yet, yet, with all that being said, Steve, I, I, I have no idea what it would be like to root for another team. Can't, I just, I, I can't don't do have it. it in me. Yep, can't do it. No, I, and, and I, I totally agree. And these are, this is, as we said, this is how I grew up watching the Mets. Every day of my life was watching the Mets, with, either with my, my grandmother or, you know, uh, best friends or, you know, talking Mets with you since I'm eight years old. Uh, the Jets, I've been watching since I'm five years old, four or five years old, I, I, since I knew what a football was. You know, yeah. how am I ever going to go root for another team? I can't. You can't do it. You know, it's ingrained. Now, let's close this, and then we've got to take the swam. We've got to get the New York Schwami in here. Um, that, uh, oh, what is the, uh, we have a, a chat room question, E-Ray? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, yes, we have a chat room question. It's not a chat room question, but it's a really good point. You know, when we talked earlier about the 70s and 80s on Dallas and Pittsburgh on TV all the time, that's all that people had back then. There was no internet. Right. So if right. you're watching that team every day, and this comes from D-Rut in the chat room, by the way, give him a shout-out, um, great point. You know, that, if that's all you have, that, maybe that's the team you root for. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why, and, and I, I, I guess I was alluding to that, but I didn't nail it, and D-Rut did. And, and that's, that's why when there's a Dallas fan from, you know, Los Angeles or something, there's a Cowboy fan in Los Angeles, it makes sense to me. Um, because that's, that was the only teams they saw, America's team. That's all you saw every week. And they were good. So why not root for them? But it just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me in New York, though, because the Giants were on. The Jets were good, on. and weren't good. They were te- they, they were bad, but they were on TV. You could see them every week. They were, but why would you root for them if you could see a team that's on every week that's winning? Right. I guess I was I guess I was talking about though, Cal, people our age. You know right. what I mean? I guess more with people our age. But it's a great point that D. Rep brings up, and we've talked about it before in other fun loads. This idea that. You know, back in the 70s and 80s, like we talked about it with this week in baseball, you know what I mean, or or the right. weekly baseball game. That's all you saw. You didn't have the internet. You couldn't pick and choose your games. So you're telling me that in 1973, they didn't have the ability to see every play in the red zone going on at the same time? <laughs> Could you imagine if you... If you I can't imagine that. I want to do... that. There's our movie. There's our hot tub time machine. <laughs> well, I want to take a, a, a gambler. Like a degenerate gambler from 1973 who's watching, like, his game of the week on a Sunday. And he's getting the one game, you know, with the rabbit ears. And I want to put him in the hot tub time machine and sit him down in front of my TV with ESPN or with uh, NFL Network Red Zone on. And then I want to watch his head explode. Yeah, and just And just watch the degenerate gambler's head explode. I think that's the name of the movie. And your wife wants to know why the guy in the Nehru jacket is sitting in her living room. <laughs> Where did he come from? Well, that was a that was an interesting fun load, guys. It's it's you know, uh, and we were going to talk a little bit about my my Texas decision, but we'll get to that in another episode. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife is from Texas, uh, so I have inherited a family full of Texas fans and Cowboy fans and UT fans and. Uh, Texas Tech fans, we talked a little bit about the UT-Texas Tech game last week, uh, uh, UT winning and dropping in the polls. They are not happy about that. Um, And I have a decision to make. Am I going to be a UT fan, sort of like rooting for the Yankees? Or am I going to go Texas Tech, sort of like rooting for the underdog, being a little different, kind of like the Mets or the Jets or the Islanders? Well, you know what, Steve? I'm going to say our listeners need to stay tuned because that's that decision right. will be revealed in an upcoming episode. That's correct. Well, <laughs> that is, that's right. It's not going to be like the decision. I'm not taking my talent no. to UT. But um, let's get to the Swami, the New York Swami. We re, re, are we renaming him, Dr. Ray? Should we rename him the New York Swami? I the don't Schwami? want a lawsuit. You know, Chris Berman seems like someone who needs a few bucks. You know? Chris Berman does, does seem like he needs a few bucks. Uh, let's, wow, that's rough on Chris Berman, Dr. Ray. Gosh. Not a fan. <laughs> what, did, what did Boomer do to you? Let's bring the Schwam in here. Hello, Swami. How are you, my friend? Welcome to Good the evening. show, episode four. Good evening, gentlemen. With uh, 14 minutes left of the show and have about eight listeners still uh, remaining. Uh, the, how, would, we how, how would we feel if the... <laughs> Taking shots right off the bat. Go ahead. Uh, how, how would we feel if the present caller... Uh, does not seem to be approval of the name change, uh, or does he get a, 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 a even a, a vote in this? Uh, you you absolutely have a vote. We were going to run this by you. We figured we'd do it on air because it'd be you oh know, sure. Let's do it on air in front fun, of on radio. Of, right. I thought I, there were only I, eight. That's right. I, I Let's do it in front of these eight people. You, 
what you guys have just done, you've gone and committed a Steinbrenner. <laughs> that's so we've hit, a, hit an inside the park home run in the New Yankee Stadium. Not necessarily a hit inside the park. My definition of the Steinbrenner would be a little different. Right. It would be making yeah. a bonehead mistake. Making a on... decision based on other than what would be best for the person involved. How's well, the, like best, the, best, the best part about this is that it's our show. Joe, Torrey, can certainly... knows, Joe, Joe, Joe Torrey knows of this. We can backtrack on this, Swami, and, and you are once again the Swami. That's right. Okay. That's well, let's get right. back just quickly. Quickly, let me touch on another subject while we have. I guess you, you gentlemen are, uh, don't, or probably do know, but don't realize uh, that the uh, football uh, situation developed because in 1960 the AFL was formed. Before that, there was no AFL. Yep. Before that, there was a, just the NFL. So, you know, you didn't really have much of a choice. And, and then in 1970, when the two leagues merged, you know, things got even more confusing. So in the selection of your team that you were going to root for, way back when, in, in the days when we used to use, you know, stone tablets, uh, you know, to keep score <laughs> on, there really wasn't that much uh, media coverage as it is today. People were more interested in earning a living and keeping up on world events rather than, you know, devoting themselves to sports and being overwhelmed with, uh, you know, the uh, sporting world. So usually, uh, depending on what geographical location you came from, you held allegiance, you know, to that area. I had friends that uh, were from Tucson, and there weren't many football teams at the time uh, playing in either conference from Tucson. No, so not he, so much. He opted. No, he opted for uh, a, a team that uh, he was familiar with uh, from California. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I have to just sum it up by saying the selection of the team uh, of, that you finally do root for, you know, should not be based on their win or loss record. No. Because if that were true, Chicago and Boston, places like that, would be have no fans. I think it should it should be a a decision made, honestly, of the team that gives you the most enjoyment. Right. Well, I yeah. No. I. 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 I totally. Uh, I totally. Whether they, win or, whether they win or lose or not, I mean, I remember years when the Mets. We knew they were going to lose. We just didn't know how. Right. You know, we would find it interesting <laughs> to figure how they were going to lose. That's right. We most... also knew there was somebody was going to make an error. We just didn't know who. That's right. That That's... was interesting. That kept our interest up. Right. But let's get on to more important matters. All right, Swam, you got it. Take it away. You are just before you go. Before you go, Swam, let's just tell the listeners. All right, week one in your picks, the Swami went seven of seven. Yes. Seven out of seven, correct. Last week, seven out of seven. Last week, little different story. You picked eight games. You went five and three. Yes. Yes. And you lost. The downfall was on the two, two New York teams. That's right. You lost on the two locals. I think you let your heart get in the way there a little there bit. There you go. Exactly. I, I, I always I should stay away from local teams. That's correct. So I you mean, have I picked went, 15 I, games so far, and you have gotten 12 correct. Is that is that right? Is that one month to understand? All right. That, that's the score. So, that's astounding. <laughs> let's, 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 go in, let's go into this week and see what we can come up with. Let's do it. I never ask you guys, you know, while I make my predictions, what you think, although 
I was chided last week for one of my selections, by the way. I have that on record. <laughs> so, chiding. Nice. Yes, <laughs> chided. You died to say that. All right, go get him. <laughs> okay, uh, let's try San Diego and Seattle. Both teams are one and one, so somebody's going to change that part of the record. And I would have to think that the Seattle, being at that at their home, uh, possibly could uh, come away victorious. So we'll go with Seattle over San Diego. How about Green Bay over uh, Chicago? Nah, I don't think so. We're going the other way. Green Bay takes it. Wow. Wow. Well, all right. Sorry. I'm going to write that I one down. Write them all down. Write them all down. Well, she, write them all. <laughs> all right. We have the Redskins playing St. Louis. Right. St. Louis hasn't hasn't won anything yet this this year, and I don't think they're going to do it this week either. So we'll take the Redskins over St. Louis. I not only like the Redskins as a team, I also like their potatoes. Let's go into Denver. <laughs> Denver over the Denver and and the Colts. You got to go with Peyton. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't care if it is. Uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 the Denver Broncos doing their whatever. I have to go with the <laughs> with the Colts. Are we are we ready for another one? Yes. Uh, does anybody have any feelings for the Pittsburgh Tampa Bay? Both not, teams. Not strong feelings. No, but both teams are two and zero. So that means one will come away victorious, and the other one will wind up in the loss column. Correct. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is at home. Pittsburgh's coming in with the big guys. I guess we're going to have to just say Tampa Bay will be victorious. All right. Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay over Pittsburgh. Wow, you got some upset specials in here, Swam. Well, I'm, I'm thinking Tampa Bay is going to just uh, align themselves with the, uh, their fellow baseball uh, athletes in that town and show, show the people what they can do. All right. Let's, let's go Buffalo. I they think I think they still have a team uh, are going into New England. Yes. And I would have to think, even yeah. though the New York Jets embarrassed, you know, uh, Brady and in fact I don't think that was Brady uh, who showed up uh, at uh, the uh, the Jets uh, game, but they, they, he looked like him. But I'm yeah, except except for the really bad haircut. Who you? Got? <laughs> who you oh, going? really? Really? Yes, really. He was suffering from. Yeah, I think it's not a good look for him. I'm going with New England. All right. right. We have Detroit and Minnesota. Hey, does anybody know if Brett Favre's pacemaker's battery's been been changed lately? (laughs) The the swam, everybody. (laughs) I mean, Detroit, 0-2. Minnesota, 0-2. Somebody's going to walk away a winner. Or maybe they won't walk. Maybe they'll limp. Well, let's give a little Brett Favre. A little, little, little help this week, right? And we'll say he's definitely going to be a loser. So I oh. like Detroit. Oh, I like, I like Detroit. Swam. This I is upset. This one, is like upset special week. Holy cow! Go ahead. I, I think the last one. Well, I, I have a, a feeling about Dallas and Houston. These guys are playing for more than just a, a win loss. And they're Texas. both in Texas. <laughs> I, I, I know. This, as I said, this is Texas. I mean, the, the one is two and zero, oh, and the other one is zero oh and two. I don't have to remind you guys which one's which. Uh, Tony Romo, I don't know what's happening with my man. All right, I picked the Dallas 
on both weeks to lose. So I hate to think that they're going to go zero and three. You know? Yeah. I mean, so I'm I'm going to go with Houston. All right. So you're taking you're taking Dallas to go zero and three. So let's let's get yeah. this straight. We got Seattle, Chicago, the Redskins, the Colts, New England, Minnesota, and the Texans. Only one more to go. All right. Let's have it. Oh, and Tampa Bay, right. We have Tampa Bay in there as well. Right. How about that Kansas City, you know, and the City by the Bay team? Yes. Kansas City is 2-0. The Chiefs look good. San Francisco, surprisingly, 0-2. Yes. What's that all about? I don't know. At the beginning of the the year, all the pundits were saying, hey, San Francisco. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Just like that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know. The Chiefs are playing at home. Very tough. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's going to be any tornadoes cropping up. Hopefully not. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to take San Francisco. San Fran to get their first win. Get their All first. right. All right, Swam. Right. I love it. We'll touch base with you next week, and we're going to put up on the site how you're doing. So you're you're right now you're 12 out of 15. It's a big week. you got a lot of upsets in there, pal. Well, aside from changing my name, which I'll think about all week for you guys uh, to yes, make your please. life a little easier. Uh, I, I, I don't take anything uh, personal when people say, the guy is only 12 for 15. You guys have a great week. You're doing, you're doing wonderful work, all except that, oh, never mind. Well, you guys are doing wonderful work, and it seemed like it almost took a tornado to put you guys out of business. Well, thank you, Swam. We'll talk to you next week, and uh, keep your powder dry, pal. That's right. Check your mailbox. You got it, John. All right. <laughs> the Swami. Wow, on fire tonight. That is the good stuff. Well, we got about two minutes left. we got three minutes left in the show. Dr. Eri, I want to bring you back in here real quick so we can do a real quick doctor is in. Let's do this. Come on. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Dr. Eri. We're only 27 yeah. minutes late on this segment. Yeah, we're only 27 <laughs> minutes late on this segment. We almost got there. Dr. E-Ray, without further ado, the doctor is in. Evan, go. You know, you guys make me out to be this big tyrant. You know, come on. <laughs> All right, the show so doesn't Joe run Torrey. without you. That's right. The show That's does true. not run without you. Go ahead. So Joe, Joe Torrey has, uh, has been speculated as being the best manager, but uh, he came out tonight saying he's not going to be the best manager. Does he manage next year? What, Dr. Uh, let's see, Sam P., what's the uh, diagnosis? Absolutely does not manage next year, and uh, he was a jerk for saying uh, anything about a, you know, a job that somebody still has. He does, he, he does, he does not manage next year. And I no, agree with right, you. He was a jerk. <laughs> so, Cal, Vic or Cole, who deserves this job? Vic, no doubt about it, Vic. He played great last week. Cole is still banged up. I just wish Andy Reid hadn't flip-flopped as much as he did this week, but Vic deserves it. I second second that one. So, Sam Pete, there's a couple of teams in the NFL I'd like to hear your uh, your opinions about. Uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas City 2-0. Fluke or real deal? Uh, I'm going to go fluke. I I don't think you... I don't think they're a real deal at all. I, uh, you know, Kansas City, they're nice little stories at 2-0, but, uh, and Tampa Bay's in a terrible division. So is KC, kind of. Uh, but uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, be uh, 12-win teams by any means. So fluke. I say fluke. 
Yeah, I think I agree on this. But, Cal, let me ask you a question. Minnesota and Dallas, San Francisco also all 0-2. Fluke or real deal? I'm going to say uh, Fluke on Dallas. I think they're, they're going to turn their season around. I think San Francisco is also going to turn their season around. They played real well last night against the Saints, almost won the game. That, that's a fluke. Uh, Minnesota, real deal. They're going to be horrible this year. 4-12 for wow. the Vikings. Very nice. And lastly, Steve, was Brutus the Ohio University mascot right in tackling and pummeling the Ohio State Buckeyes? I don't know if he was right, but it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and if he wasn't right, baby, I don't, I, if, if that's not right, I don't want to be right. I love being wrong, because that's awesome. Mascots should beat the crap out of each other at every game. <laughs> because what's the point of having a mascot? That's my opinion. All right, guys, we got to wrap it up. For Dr. Eray Stat and Brian Cal Calvi, I am Steve San Pietro. This is Need to Upload with Cal and San Pete. Join us next week when we are uh, probably joined by a special guest. So definitely tune in, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. All right, folks. Just wanted to say thanks for listening to the episode, and uh, join us next week. We will be joined by Dave Rutley from ffadvisor.com, who will be giving us a little uh, fantasy football advice. And uh, we may also have a special guest uh, to come in and talk about the Giants a little bit. So um, definitely join us next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.